Really? I've trained as a uh, medium. medium. I have uh, some Native American blood was adopted locally by a Native tribe and uh, spent uh, five years with them on the reservation in the circle and traveling, learned a lot. A lot. Uh, their medicine man, my best man at my wedding. Wow. I have studied a lot of, uh, spent most of my time studying about different uh, beliefs and legends around the world, the paranormal. As I said, it's been with me a long while. Uh, when I was seven years old, um, yes. Oh, when I was seven years old, uh, lived in a town which I've since moved back to. And I was on the second, lived on the second floor. We were about a hundred yards from railroad track, small switching station. Right. And what happened was occasionally I would look out the window and I'd see faces and they look mostly like children. Which really? Was, which was scary, but no one really believed me. Uh, the tracks are gone. The railroad trestles or bridges over the roads, everything is gone. About 15 years ago, roughly moved back to the town and actually was down the street from where the tracks used to be. Stepped outside the house to have a cigarette and I could hear the train and the whistle. The tracks are gone. The train is gone, but the ghost train, as they say in town, because I checked it out, is that a lot of people have heard it. They call it the ghost train on the old tracks. And even though we moved to a new part of the town since then, uh, as recent as last fall, I've heard the train again. That's wild. And inter what I find really interesting is where the tracks run goes through two towns locally. And they recently decided to make it into a walking trail, which should be interesting bringing all that energy there to those old tracks. What I did find out is that there were several people that died, including uh, a number of children on those tracks. The same tracks I used to slip off, never tell my parents to play on, and hop trains. <laughs> I think that the, uh, I really think that my seven-year-old energy related to the children that died, and that's why they came to visit me, their spirits did. Okay. I can think of another time when I was uh, someone I was like was close to uh, Pat. I was there when they passed. Uh, went home, and the place I was living in had a porch, and next to it had kind of like a bow window. You could stand in the window and look sideways onto the porch, wow. so you could, you could see who was at the door. The windows actually came out a bit. I was talking about that individual and heard the doorbell ring. Went to the front. No one's on the porch. Uh, this was across from a street light. Everything was lit up. Front yard, street, sidewalk, porch. No one there. No there. Start walking away. Doorbell rings. Hurry back. No one there. That happened three times. That's incredible. And uh, let's see. I tend to sometimes when I'm talking, um, there's been so many I forget. 
<laughs> oh, I can understand. I mean, how long have you been investigating and uh, experiencing? Uh, investigating on and off, more seriously. Uh, Bombastic Media has formed the Ghostly. It's a paranormal show. We're beginning to investigate. And so that investigation part is just starting. And... Uh, Oh, one just went in and out of my head when I said that. Well, it sounds oh, like you got a lot of time out there doing this. Uh, if I don't do it, it comes to me. I wow. Do when I moved, uh, when my parents moved out of this town, I was 10 years old. And the house they moved into, we found out later, was haunted by the man who built it. And we would have, occasionally, we'd have things pop up different things. Now, people will say in this old house, it had the type of windows with the counterweight. Right. And people will say, well, if a window closes, uh, it's not paranormal. But it did take some effort to push it down with that counterweight on it. Well, I say it has to be paranormal when the window opens on you. Then it's paranormal. Oh, yeah. And we'd have things uh, occur around the house. We eventually were, we got the name of the person who built it, and we were eventually on good terms with the spirit. We talked to it, and activity died down, and we just kind of lived in their house, and they lived along with us. Incredible. And I think that probably, oh, I don't know how many years later, when my sister moved to a house in New York, and uh, we went down there for Thanksgiving one day, the whole family. We're sitting around in the living room, and suddenly we hear water running. She gets up, goes in the bathroom, turns the water off. Tells us, oh, yeah, the house is haunted. Sometimes it turns the water on. Huh. Now, we were in that room. We could see where the bathroom was. There was no one looking her out. And boom, suddenly the water's turned on. So we're, talk we're sitting around talking about it. In the living room we're in, we can see, like down the hall, we can see a door that leads to the attic. And we start hearing footsteps upstairs. Look at my sister. She says, no one's there. Father and I go upstairs to investigate. Attic's empty. So we start walking down the end, and there's footsteps behind us. We turn around. No one's there. Start walking towards that end. Now the footsteps are behind us again, where we just were. So it's kind of like, okay, we went downstairs and we had our Thanksgiving meal. And uh, recently, several years back, uh, I'd probably say within the last five years, I live in Massachusetts. I'm not that far from uh, the uh, Bridgewater Triangle. I went there to meet with uh, Matthew Fisher. He's a co-host of most Ghostly and the founder of Media. We had a meeting and I was using GPS to get home. Now I knew since I traveled east to go there, I'd have to be traveling west to go home. Just something I tend to notice. Set the GPS for the details. Going down the street, GPS tells me to turn around. I ignore it. Go a little farther. GPS tells me to turn around. Now I figure this is 
I actually said it on the phone. Yo, you, you pulled over, turned the GPS off, and started driving. GPS turned back on and told me to turn around. Wow. Um, that happened again. Turned it off. It turned back on. So finally, I pulled over again, and I turned the GPS off, and I powered the phone off. And being who I am, I looked at the phone and said, ha, ha. Put the phone down, no power, going down the street. The phone powers back up, GPS turns on, tells me to return to the correct route. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. This is getting a little strange. That actually happened another time. I powered it off a second time. And after the second time, I'm driving down the street and I see a street I can recognize. Right. I say to the phone, aha, I know where I am. I win. The rest of the trip, GPS does not say a thing. Doesn't give me directions, doesn't want to turn me around or anything. So I get home, try to use my phone. Apps won't work. Videos won't play. Can't access The phone just will not. So I take the phone. I have a little book. Uh, This is a book of prayers to remove accidents. Um, rid of house spirits, negative influences, and start going through them. Every single one I had for the phone, for myself, for the home, to release anything into the home. And did every single thing I could. Afterwards, turned the phone on, working perfectly. Wow. Something in that Bridgewater Triangle, some energy or entity used the energy of the phone and attached to it and wanted to follow me home. That's crazy. You know, you you hear stories about that and, you know, when you are explaining your encounter, uh, I have to mention something happened to me today. I was talking to another guest that have uh, evil and entity in their house and for some reason uh, the link I sent to go live would not work and then I started having computer problems software problems and it wouldn't let us connect and we tried for 45 minutes so I don't know what's going on I had the same problems before you got on and uh some reason somehow I just everything came back alive and it's working so i do believe in stuff like that i do it i know it exists so does the catholic church that's why they have the holy water and also the prayers so what else you got for us ray well stepping a little a bit away from the paranormal twice i've actually seen ufos Really? Once outside of our home, uh, I had a family member had, had a place up in Maine on a lake. We, My family would go up there and uh, enjoy the wilderness. My wife and I were out at the time, and there was some weird lights moving across the sky. No sound, no blinking, anything. Uh, they were in a distance. They moved kind of quickly, but then they cut back at a 45-degree angle and went up. And there wasn't a plane, helicopter, anything that can do that at speed. 
then cut back well, again at 45 degrees and took off in the other direction. And I'm just standing there someone going, damn, I just saw you. <laughs> it's like, oh. Right. And uh, the mountain in New England, notorious for it. Uh, went on a vacation with my wife up to uh, up in Vermont to a ski lodge for the summer. But it's absolutely beautiful and not crowded. And uh, I went outside to have a cigarette and I look up and there's a glowing disc. And if you were to hold a quarter at arm's length, it would be about that big. And it moved across the town fairly large. And suddenly it kind of flares up and heads up and disappears. Wow. Now, meteors meteor. don't move the sky slow and suddenly shoot up. Right, right. If anything, across the sky, down, because my mind is saying, nope, the nope, angle's wrong, it's not a meteor. It's not a plane. My mind finds like rapidly. And I was doing that. And I just said, ah, she missed it. The UFO, or UFO. That one was clear. It was fairly large. Uh, let's see. Uh, last year, uh, yep, last year, on a vacation, headed down to uh, Gettysburg. Stayed at a place on a hill, uh, some lodges up on a hill where you could overlook the battlefields. All right. And I'm looking, and this kind of white ore, fairly large, rises off the battlefield, pauses, and then shoots up in the sky. And it's like, okay, don't know what it was, but wish I had a camera. <laughs> wow. You know, I've actually seen it on TV because I live in Kentucky. So we have uh, some battlegrounds here. And I've seen on TV where paranormal investigators will go investigate and they will actually hear gunshots in the middle of the night. Yep. And and they would they would hear cannons going off. And to me that's amazing. I it mean is. how can you explain that? They most people who talk about it call it residual energy. The energy of the battle is so intense that the earth stores it and releases it. Um, oh, another one came into my mind and went back out again. But uh, yeah, there's there's your active type where there's, there, you can interact with the spirit. Um, that happened to me. Um, I went into the Ohio State Safari. We were doing things. And uh, the reactor thing was someone on an omnibus was starting to get threats. Oh, wow. And when we asked what the name was, it said Legion. And if you look in the Bible, Mark, when they cast out the demon and asked his name, they said, who, who are you? And it was Legion, who we are many. So immediately stopped throwing every prayer I can right up there in my mind. But had an interaction, went into a cell, it was empty, and was doing an EVP recording, asking him, how do you like me? I'm in your cell. Wow. Then a mom asked, you know, said, want me to leave? I'm going to be leaving. 
when I listened to it afterwards, after I was in the cell, there's a voice that says, this is our place. And when I announced I'm leaving, uh, the EVP picked up, and fairly clear too, get up. So they were interacting with me. They're there. Out of that, uh, those prisoners who are died, out of their essence is still there in that cell. That's something else. We are in their territory. Uh, actually, same place. I was in another room. But, uh, the room was empty. I was looking around, around things. That's the last people left. And I was in a room uh, all alone. I said, I'm going to leave. Turn around to leave, and I hear very loud in my ears, no. no. Later on, I checked. It's on the recording. The room was empty. They didn't want me to leave. I guess they wanted some company. They wanted, they wanted some company, and uh, I think they liked me. Evidently. Well, if you treat them with respect, and that's the thing I have, I see these uh, ghost hunting shows. They challenge, scream. Um, these spirits, if you're talking the ghost type of haunting, they were once people who had a life, and they may be there. Treat them, treat them with respect. They were a person, and see where it goes from there. But don't jump all over them and challenge them and threaten them. Give them, give them some respect, just like you would your neighbor. That makes sense. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people before that would provoke ghosts, you know, whether it be on TV or not. And that always scared me. You know, because you don't know what's going to happen or what's going to be attached to you or follow you home. So, I, I really don't want to be around when that spirit gets evil and mad at you uh me me either which is why i always either carry or have memorized certain prayers in case things go wrong and i want to never provoke i remember uh one time i was a teenager i had a bad habit of, out of curiosity of sneaking into cemeteries at night and i was one that one that supposedly haunted actually around Halloween they have ghost tour. And I went in there and I was flooring at night. I'd been in during the day to scope out where I wanted to go back at night. And I went back. I decided I'm gonna not to leave. I have trouble moving my foot. I looked down and it looked like there was kind of a hand almost reaching up and grabbing the foot. Wow. So I kind of freaked. I was about 15 years old. Yanked my foot hard and ran. Went back to the same spot the next day. There are no bushes, no headstones, nothing but clear, mold, grass. Nothing that I could jam my foot on. Wow. Just, just, just a grave nearby. Um. I switched and stopped going back to a different cemetery. <laughs> I didn't want anything remembering and grabbing me anymore. I don't blame you. I would never want something to come out of the ground and touch me. I'd probably have a heart attack and, and, and drop dead right there. I think I was too young and foolish to think that much about that. I, I just, uh, 
but a fact that I continued, even though with a different cemetery, occasionally exploring it. One time I was in one uh, very modern, very nice cemetery, snuck in a little bit just to kind of watch and see if I could see anything. And it looked like kind of a lady in a dress floating by. So I kind of sneak around to try to get another look. It's not there. Turn around. The same figure is kind of floating in another area. So I kind of tracked it for a while until I figured out that, nope, I don't think I want to catch this. <laughs> so I just I just left and never went back in there. Well, you're really uh, adventurous at that age and younger. Uh, I'd say I probably still have some of that. If you come up with a really haunted place, I'm game to go in. Wow. I won't be climbing into places at night. I'm not supposed to anymore. I'll get permission, but I'll go. Wow, that's interesting. Well, anybody out there listening, uh, Ray is up for the challenge. So make sure and uh, send him an email. That's unbelievable. I did. So what what got you into the paranormal? How did you get started? Well, it was was that first experience when I was seven. And then reoccurring experiences, I got curious what's behind it. And back then with no internet, I would read books, uh, try and uh, read up as much as I can. I had a whole library of books on things like paranormal and spiritual and kept on reading, kept on studying and every chance I had to investigate or go somewhere because of the curiosity that first incident had brought up, I would go and just more things can happen. Wow. I did reach a point where um, I met someone who was a medium. They were successful used to have large galleries and they started running running classes well kind of informal classes we'd meet once a week a group of us about five or six we'd get together we'd do anything work with mediumship we'd do everything there and i did that for uh that for a couple of years and eventually uh went on on my own i know was doing the internship and delivering messages in galleries. A funny thing happened on one of the, uh, we were in there and I came walking in and one of the others said, oh, there's people. Now, of course, we've all been at this for a while and we can see, we can see and communicate spirits. And just as a little bit of a background, um, after about 40 years or so, my parents got on course. My father remarried. Um, by this time, all three of them had passed. And there was obviously bad blood in there. But what happened, I, I asked them, you know, who is it? And I identified my father, my mother, and my father's second wife. In spirit, wow. all we asked to throw on each other. And all that ego goes out the window. All three came together. Now, all together in love to be there. It's a different world out there. A very different world. That's mind-blowing. You know, uh, you have great success with 
the tools and resources that you use. You know, it's fascinating to see on TV the tools that they use and what you use and, and the results they get out of. A lot of people say it's, you know, it's fake. And, but if you look at everything as a whole, why those words come out and certain words that relate to the topic that you're asking about? I mean, you can't make that object speak those words. So I'm always fascinated with the paranormal and Bigfoot, the cryptids. So what else do you got, Mr. Ray? <laughs> um, myself, if you're talking about what you see on shows, what I'd like to do is if I'm going to investigate, I like to mix it up. Yes, I'll use a recorder. Uh, might use, you know, use cameras, use a certain amount of technology. But I'm also one for, let's say, uh, putting something like a ping pong ball down in the middle of a circle and asking them, you know, we're going to leave the room. Can you move it while we're out of here? And see if the, the ping pong ball moves. Or putting, if there's been, let's say, footsteps in someone's attic, uh, putting baby powder down, asking them to show themselves, leave the attic, go back later, see if there's footsteps. So I'm, I'm a mixture of old school where something physical happens along with uh, technology, reporters, sensors, EMFs. EMF. Put it, putting it all together, I think that way there you can get, you start getting multiple responses, both with technology and without, then I think it, Builds a strong case for there is something there, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, with the baby powder on the steps, have you ever gotten any results from that? Uh, one time recently, a partial result, yes. Wow, I haven't gotten a ball to move yet, though. Like, not that so, when you get results from. Uh, objects, and there's another term they call trigger objects. How do you feel? Do you feel nervous, scared, or I don't? And I think that part of that reason, when I when I say the it's it's the mediumship, all of the experiences I've had at the medium have been positive. I do pray beforehand. I help for help. Uh, I prohibit anything ne negative coming in, and I try and maintain that balance in myself all the time. Because if you have any abilities, whether you're born with them or develop them, you become a magnet for those in spirit. They can see it. It's like a, a light in the dark, and you're the one they want to talk to, and you're the one they want to come to. So you have to you have to protect yourself. Um, and I also a positive welcoming. Uh, energy or feeling my, myself when I'm doing any of it, uh, whether it's a mediumship, which I retired from, but even even the exploring, but I don't go in there afraid uh, if I'm going on a ghost hunt or investigation because I know that it's really not me. It's the power behind the players that protects right. And I go in with a good heart. And I know that 
I used when I used to run a uh, I used to run a seminar where I would teach people the basics of mediumship. And I would invite my mother, my father, my friend who passed there with the whole point of they're all in spirit that when we get to the end of the seminar, can you please show up and help these people to show that there's more than just a physical life, that it continues on. All right. And sure enough, when it came time for these people who never, never met uh, my parents or this friend, and it came down for them to give messages, I would say, is there anybody with me? They'd start describing people. And it would be like, you know, can you give me more information? They would describe them. And sure enough, they're picking up messages from my mother, from my father, from my friend, and because they were there to help these people realize that we're not just a body, we are the spirit, and there's so much more not to be hung up in this physical world. And that's the attitude I go in with, what would happen, and I wouldn't want anything physical to happen, but I know I know, I know that someday, being human, uh, I'm going to continue on. And I know it's a beautiful place. I've delivered messages from people who died violently, and they come back and they always say, hey, uh, we're happy. It's beautiful. We're wow. With we're with you. We love you. And I've never got a negative message yet from delivering them. Well, it could be part of your attitude and the way you feel going in. But that that mind wall that's blocking people's beliefs or experiences. For example, my mom and dad's house, I saw a shadow go down the hall. And they have an old cuckoo clock from Germany. The ones with the weights that you pull down so the time would click and the music would play. Well, when the shadow went by the cuckoo clock on the wall, the chains moved, and so did the pine cones. And it freaked me out. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, did you just see that? She said, you're seeing the shadow. I'm like, well, yeah, you saw it then. She said, no, I've already seen it many times. So it's very interesting because, you know, sometimes there's things that are somehow misplaced so that's unexplainable but i understand where you're coming from about about uh mind blocking you know people need to kind of open up uh some people call it the third eye you know your subconscious mind and just take it in and like you said see what happens Go ahead, sir. No, I was I was going to say one thing that mediumship has taught me has been to um, appreciate our loved ones in life, but also it's encouraging. Everybody, a lot of people like they say they believe in the afterlife. Some people will um, go ghost hunting so that uh, they're looking for proof of something more. And uh, I'll give I'll give you an example. This is the sort of thing that encourages me that they more. Uh, one thing, when I, when I was doing the mediumship, I do not want to know who you are, your family, who you want to talk to, anything. 
And if I say something like, oh, I, I see a man, he's uh, 45 years old. I would say, do you understand? I want a yes or a no. I don't want, oh, it's my father. No. Because the only way it's going to be valid for you is if you give me nothing. Yeah. So, uh, lady, uh, fairly young, like in my 20s, very distraught. I found out afterwards she'd lost her father. I also found out afterwards she had gone to about four or five people and gotten no answer. But we were, she booked a private session and I was giving her information with the yes or no. And if you go to give me information, I'll put my hand up and say, just yes or no. And she was on the edge of accepting. Now, I could see her standing next to her. I gave a physical description, um, their house, the hobbies he used to like, everything. But she was, wow. she didn't want, it's almost like she didn't want to finally accept she was afraid. And so in my mind, I asked her, give me something that she'll know. know. So she knows that you're still with her. And then he shows me the ring finger where the uh, a wedding band usually is. But it wasn't there. And he smiles and points at her pocket on the right hip side, on the right side. Huh. He smiles at me. Um, I look at her, her and I said, I father wants you to know he's with you. And he knows you have his wedding band in that pocket. Wow. That's what took it over the edge for her. She cried, but she felt so much better afterwards knowing that dad was okay and still with her. And what I get from the mediumship is that knowing we continue on, knowing in spirit that it is love, it is beautiful, and these people are here to help us. And no, I don't want to pass anytime soon. I've got all the family and a lot of love to me. But when it when the time comes, it doesn't scare me. I understand. I joke. I tell my family, I'm coming back and haunting you. You know. <laughs> And I tell my family the same thing because I'm a jokester. So if your feet get tickled or your hair gets pulled or the sheets get yanked off, you know it's me. Just saying hi, that's hi. all. Yeah, why not? I like to have fun. Really do. And what else can you say? Life is too short. That's the old saying, which is actually true. So, Mr. Ray, sir, do you have anything else? Uh, not that immediately comes to mind. Um, like, I, like I said in the opening, um, I co-host with Matthew Fisher, mostly ghostly. If, you, if you're into anything ghostly there. Um, if you're looking at, uh, we did an energy channeling seminar, the two-part one. And it goes over the basics of spiritual protection. Whether you're investigating or communicating, ways to protect yourself to take those steps. And uh, if that is that sort of thing, if not that one, but that sort of thing, is something that uh, I would recommend for everybody who's going to ghost hunt or investigate or do anything. Write down the plane with the boards, which I do not recommend. You open a portal in any sort of way, you don't know what's going on. True. 
So uh, get yourself into some protection, some uh, learning the ropes. And when you're comfortable with that, then you just go for it. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, everybody going out there doing investigations. I love to hear people's stories and their encounters and experiences they have, especially while investigating or living at home or, you know, just like you going out so young and doing stuff. And, you know, it's, it's wild the things that you have sown or have seen in your lifetime that others have not. That's I awesome. Have, I haven't gotten, you know, you know really casual about it, but I remember simply a part of my life and I welcome it. And it's to me not that unusual. It just occurs. So. It's going to happen. Let it happen. Well, that's true. It really is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All we want to say is thank you to Mr. Ray. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, it was wonderful. We'd love to have you back on the show and talk about some more investigations that you have. That sounds good to me. Mr. Ray. Wonderful, wonderful. Mr. Rain, I wish you the best in your endeavors. Please reach out to me anytime. You're always be welcome on my show. Love to have you. It'll be great. Will do, and uh, you may want to consider coming on Mostly Ghostly sometime and telling your own stories. Oh, absolutely. I would really enjoy that. You'd be glad to have you. I appreciate that. This is Grizzly Bigfoot. Everybody have a great afternoon and evening. We're signing off, everybody. Make sure and hit the button down below, subscribe and like us. And make sure that you follow us. I do many interviews throughout the day and week. Some of them are pop-ups. Some of them are planned. Some are as we come and go. But thank you, America, and everybody across the world for joining. And appreciate Mr. Ray for his kindness and his experiences. Good night, everyone.